Well, uh, uh, I recently heard about a guy who he was taking his daughter, who's a kindergartner, to school. Remember back when we took kids to school in those times? And he was talking about his uh, daughter going to school, and she was really anxious, just as a kindergartner, in the car about being late to school because she was going to get a tardy slip. And the father was just thinking through, like, what kind of school are we at where my kindergartner even gets a tardy slip? Uh, but he was also trying to accommodate his daughter and calm her and say, hey, we're going to get there. I'm going as fast as I can. And she still continued to be anxious. Dad, I'm going to get in trouble. And so he actually admitted fault and said, hey, you know what? This wasn't your fault. Like, I didn't plan very well this morning. And, as you know, it's daddy's fault. If you get in trouble, it's my fault. And his little daughter, and he said this, his little daughter, it sort of dawned on him. She said to him, hey, dad, why do I get in trouble for something that is your fault? Now, as a dad who used to take kids to school in the before time, that resonated with me. Just parents, we've all felt that just dropping our kids late at school. But also it made me think of justice. Because even that little girl, just a kindergartner, probably didn't know that word justice. She had an innate sense that there was something that was right and there was something that was wrong. There was something that was fair, and there was something that was not. Right? And she voiced that. And, and listen, we're going to start a new series today called Jesus and Justice. And we're going to do that for a few reasons. One, and, and probably a lot of you are thinking this, well, there's a lot of injustice in our world. And there is, and that's part of the reason why we're going to address this. As a church, Phoenix Bible Church, we aim to engage culture, uphold truth, and love people well. And so we want to engage the cultural moment that we find ourselves in. We find ourselves seeing a lot of injustice racially, ethnically. We find ourselves seeing uh, continued injustice with poor and marginalized people and the vulnerable. Uh, we, we have seen and we still see now people uh, of injustice, experiencing injustice that are sex trafficked or sexually abused and any anybody that's vulnerable. We're we're seeing that right now. We have seen it. We're seeing it more clearly right now. So part of the reason why we want to do a series, Jesus and Justice, is to engage this cultural moment that we are in. But that's not the only reason. Uh, Another reason is I, as your pastor, as I talk to many of you, you're wrestling with this cultural moment. You're wrestling. What does it look like to engage culture and uphold truth and love people well as a believer, as a member of Phoenix Bible Church? And as you wrestle with that, you're listening to a lot of voices. You're hearing the news and them talk about injustice. You're, you're watching social media and seeing all these people talk about injustice. You're in the group text and it's talking about injustice. And some people are clamoring, hey, Christians should speak up more and they should do more. And if you're not doing more, what are you even doing? And some people are saying, why are we talking about justice? Isn't it about the gospel and making disciples? And, and I know you are facing these questions. And instead of listening to all the voices out there in regard to injustice, I want to listen to the voice of God's word. I want us to seek justice biblically and understand justice biblically. And I want that for you. And I want that to permeate throughout our city and throughout our world, right? And so we're starting a new series today, Jesus and Justice. And today, the sermon title, if you take notes, is The Priority of justice, the priority of justice. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 23, verses 23 through 24. So you can grab a Bible, get God's word in front of you. We're going to start there, kind of frame this up, and then we're going to really pull back. This is going to be different than most sermons. And we're going to look at the whole of scripture. And we're going to do an intro, an overview of justice in the Bible. You ready? Okay. Matthew 23 is where we're going to start. 
Jesus is talking and he says this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Now, Jesus is saying a lot there, and we're kind of parachuting into Matthew 23, so I want to give you some context. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees, right? and you, you see it. He says, woe to you. He actually says, woe, eight times in this passage. So he's just going after them one by one, after topic after topic. And specifically in this moment, he goes after them and their use of justice and mercy and faithfulness. Now, you got to understand the Pharisees. They were the religious leaders of that day. They were similar rather, to the pastors and scholars of our day. And they were the people that were supposed to know the law better than anybody else. And they did. They knew it backwards and frontwards. And the problem was, wasn't that they didn't know the law. The problem was they didn't know the, the heart or the application of the law. They didn't practice it well. And so Jesus is rebuking them for that. We see earlier in chapter 23, he sums it up well. He says, for they preach the Pharisees, but do not practice. Now, he calls them hypocrites, but that's not the only issue. Another issue is there, it's priority. Right, you see, he says, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. They're, they're tithing of their resources. They're coming to church. They're saying the right things. They're appearing religious. But then he says, you have neglected more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Verse 24, Jesus gives some imagery to, to drive this home uh, of priority. He talks about a gnat and a camel, straining out a gnat, swallowing a camel. And, and it's actually quite hilarious if you can just picture that imagery he's using. What Jesus is trying to show you is a glass of water that has a gnat in it, very tiny gnat. And you see that gnat in the water and you're trying to strain it out to get that gnat out so you don't swallow it. And yet while you're looking for that little bitty gnat, to make sure you don't swallow it. You swallow a camel that's in the water, right? Jesus is using a little bit of a sense of humor to say, hey, Pharisees, you know the law. That's great. That's like straining out a gnat. You're missing the bigger, the camel. You're missing the heart behind the law, the application of the law. You need to reprioritize, right? Woe to you, Pharisees. And so that that is the situation here as Jesus is pointing them to the priority of justice. Now, we could define justice, uh, a whole sermon, just to define the word. Uh, We see it in the Bible as just, we see justified, we see justice. All of those words are around the idea of the simple word right, right? Right. And as Jesus talks about justice, Many scholars will define it. I picked one good explanation for you that kind of sums it up. It says this, it's ordering the world according to the righteousness of God through word and through deed. So if God is righteous, if, if God is just, he's right. Justice is the execution of that, the exercising of that in the world. And it primarily takes place through, through word and through deed. Now, here's what's interesting. If you notice, Jesus pairs justice and mercy. Do you see that? He says justice, mercy, faithfulness. Now, technically, if you do the etymology, justice 
means the exact opposite is mercy. Justice means getting what you deserve, being fair and right, being treated according to what you did. Mercy is the opposite of that. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But Jesus pairs them together. Why? Because biblically and in the kingdom of Jesus, they are paired together. You see, justice, giving people what they deserve, being fair, mercy, not getting what they deserve, those collide and they collide specifically in the cross of Christ. See, what happened at the cross of Christ is not just that we are forgiven. It's not just that we're off the hook for our sin. Thank God Jesus died for me and I don't have to go to hell. That's not just what happened at the, at the cross, right? You did receive mercy, but it wasn't that God looked at all your sin and set it aside and said, I'm going to go easy on you. It wasn't that God looked at your lust and your pride and your greed and said, you know what? you're kind of a good person, like, and I just, I'm a merciful God, and so I'm just going to show you mercy and go easy on you in this moment. Let's just forget it ever happened. That's not what happened at the cross. Then what happened? 2 Corinthians 5, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on your behalf so that you could become the righteousness of God. His justice was exercised completely on the perfect, sinless Son of God, while simultaneously we are recipients of His mercy. So God is just. He handles sin justly, all of it. I know it's hard for you to believe in these kinds of times where we see so much sin, but past, present, and future sin, none of it will go unpunished. It was either punished at the cross or it will be punished in eternity in hell. You need to know that. That's because God is is just. That's part of his character, but he's also merciful. And we see that at the cross. So a little bit as we start this series, just a little bit of understanding of what justice is. Many people are crying out for justice. Many people are longing for justice. Many people talk about social justice within the church. This is biblical justice, right? We're going to see it fleshed out as we go here. As we talk about that kind of justice, why is Jesus so mad at the Pharisees? Or why is he getting so jacked up? Why woe to you? Why so extreme, right? Is it because he wanted the, the Pharisees to be, feel guilty and feel shameful about not exercising this kind of justice? Is it because he was shocked because, man, they're Pharisees. They're like pastors. I mean, they should be exercising justice. Like, how can you guys not get this? It'd be, is it because he was shocked? that they weren't better people? Is it because he wanted to shame them? No. Jesus was so fired up against the Pharisees rebuking them and their lack of justice because in that moment, as they didn't exercise justice, as they didn't prioritize justice, they were missing the heart of God. They were missing the heart of a just God. And so that fires Jesus up that people who are supposed to represent that just God, Pharisees, they're not actually representing him. They're not actually reflecting the heart of a just God. And so Jesus calls that out. And so I want to look at scripture and just pull back from this text and see how all of scripture shows us the heart of a just God. Again, I told you this sermon is going to be a little bit different as we give an overview of justice, but I want you to track with me. I want you to see these scriptures that I'm going to give you, and I want you to follow along. You can jot things down as we go here, but there was a couple of options as I looked at this, and one is we could just read the whole Bible, right? but we would be here a long time, right? but we would see the heart of a just God. 
But what I did was I, I, I dialed these things into four categories, right? And so we're going to talk about how we see a just God in Scripture through the image of God, through the revelation of God, through the Son of God, and through the return of God. Right? So we're going to see those four categories, go through some Scripture, and see how God is just at His heart, at His root. So first, the image of God. In creation, the very beginning, God creates male and female, and he creates them in his image, right? And that has several implications for justice. One is this. All humans are equal in the sight of God. All humans should be treated fairly because they have the image of God upon them. And so it's not just Christians who are being persecuted who should, we should fight for. It's anybody who has the stamp, the imprint of God on them as image bearers because God starts out and he creates everyone in his image. So everybody should be treated with dignity. Everyone should be treated with fairness. So I want you to see right off the bat, the beginning of our Bible, the image of God, here's the reason why justice is such a big deal. Here's why it's bigger than social justice. Here's why it's cosmic justice, biblical justice, is because it starts with the image of God that when other people ignore the dignity of another person, when you or I, when we ignore the dignity of another person, Christian or not, we aren't just being mean. We aren't just being cruel. We are disregarding and dishonoring the very image of God. Do you see why justice biblically is such a big deal? Do you see why it's honestly probably a a bigger deal than CNN is calling you to, or Fox News is calling you to, or social media is calling you to, or a group text is calling you to, and I got to speak out about this thing. It's it's justice, and, and I see injustice. Do you see how it's even bigger than those things when we look biblically? You see, here's my concern for many of you. You're going to all these other voices and all these other sources to inform you about justice because maybe you think the church doesn't speak on it or the Bible doesn't speak on it or God doesn't speak on it. And let me just tell you, he spoke on it when he spoke creation into being with the image of God. So it's a really big deal from the very start. It's part of God's heart for our world. Now, here's what I know. We get this for ourselves at some level, right? We get fired up. Maybe you're encouraged about yourself. If you feel like you've experienced injustice in whatever capacity, this encourages you to be like, yes, I do need to fight for my justice. And maybe you are thinking about big things and injustices you've experienced, but maybe you're also thinking about little things. Like when you were cut off in traffic, maybe earlier today, and you said something like, hey, where are the cops now? They're always trying to pull me over speeding. This guy cut me off. I got a kid in the car. Like, where are the cops now? Just hypothetically, maybe maybe I said that, right? And I feel like this, this longing for justice. Well, I'm made in the image of God. God, you should be making justice for me. And that's wrong that that person did me. And that comforts me and encourages me as an image bearer. Maybe it's at your job. You work hard. You walk in integrity. And yet the promotion goes to your coworker who bends the rules, and doesn't walk in integrity. And you think, well, hey, I'm made in the image of God. Where's, where's my justice? Yeah, that is wrong. They're offending the, the, the imago day when they do that to me. And maybe that resonates with you when things happen to you. But here's what I know. As much as we love justice for ourselves and as image bearers, sometimes we have a problem with seeing other image bearers and God's justice for them, right? 
Now, here's part of that. I'm not trying to beat you up over that. Here's part of that is that just means you're human, right? If you have more of a a gut response, gut reaction when someone offends you and you're a recipient of injustice than, than someone else being a recipient of injustice, that just means you're human, right? We feel that as humans. We feel that for ourselves, But here's the problem for the church of Jesus Christ and for Phoenix Bible Church. We're not just human, we're Christian. Christians don't just see themselves as image bearers. They see everyone as image bearers. And they don't just see everyone as image bearers. They fight for everyone as image bearers. To receive the same dignity and value and worth and fairness that they have received. Right? We talked about it last week. We don't just receive God's grace we reflect it the same way with justice, right? And so we start to see this with the image of God, right? Everybody should be treated fairly. God makes that clear from the very beginning. Second, the revelation of God. We see the heart of a just God through his revelation. Now, I'm going to give you, as I said, a lot of verses here. Uh, We'll have them up on the screen. You can jot these references down, especially as you need to be informed about justice biblically, not just cultural justice, but biblical justice. I want you to jot these down as they're on the screen. And and I'm just going to walk through the heart of a just God through the revelation of God. First thing is this. God's character is just. We see that Deuteronomy 32, 4, it says this, He is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. God's character intrinsically is just. God also exercises impartial justice. Psalm 103, 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed, not just some people, for all the oppressed. The third thing, God exercises comprehensive justice, Psalm 146, 7 through 9. I want you to notice and hear all the different ways that God brings justice. It says this, He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. He he sets the prisoners free. He gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner, sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. God exercises comprehensive justice. Fourthly, God loves justice. Psalm 33, 5, it says the Lord loves righteousness and justice. The fifth thing, God delights in justice. Jeremiah 9, 24, I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for in these I delight. God invites you to participate in justice. That's our sixth one. Jeremiah 22, 3, he says this, this is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And do not shed innocent blood in this place. These are all mandates to you. Hey, do these things. Do this justice. Don't do this injustice. God invites you to participate in his justice. The last thing, God invites you to speak out against injustice. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says this, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. So God does call us in a world that is experiencing injustice. 
Christians, again, we see people who are made in the image of God, image bearers of God. People are disregarding and dishonoring the image of God. They're not just being mean to those people. It is our role as Christians. God invites us to participate and not just participate, but to speak out against injustice. So we see the heart of a just God through the image of God, through the revelation of God, and then thirdly, we see it through the Son of God. All of those, I don't know if you noticed, were Old Testament passages. But we see that line, that heart of justice, just continue that thread, go to the New Testament. We see it as soon as Jesus shows up on the scene, Mark 1. And he says right away, hey, the kingdom of God is here. And he continues to talk about the kingdom throughout uh, the gospels in, in the Lord's prayer. He says, thy kingdom come. The kingdom is the loving and just rule of God. God's, Jesus is asking, hey, bring that to earth through me, through my disciples. And we see that happen, right? We see God healing people who are image bearers of God, who are suffering. We see God drawing near to him, the vulnerable. We see God, Jesus going specifically for the last, the least, and the lost, right? We see it all through his actions, but we also see it through his words, through the Good Samaritan story, where where the guy is saying, hey, who's my neighbor? Who do I really have to love? And Jesus gives this story of a Good Samaritan, which we'll actually get into next week. And he says, hey, hey, you should love anybody around you who's suffering. Uh, We see it in Matthew 25. Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you have done for me. So we see the the, the character of God, the the character of a, a just God through the image of God, the revelation of God, through the Son of God, and then lastly, we see it through the return of God. As Revelation 21.4, we see God returns, Jesus returns, and he sets up this kingdom. It is a complete loving and just reign, and one of the effects of that, verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, crying, pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We see the heart of a just God woven throughout scripture. It's in his very image at the very beginning. It's in the revelation of God throughout the Old Testament. It is in the gospels and the son of God. It is in the return of God where we see God's complete justice enacted and leading to peace. And so again, as a church, maybe we've done a bad job of debating social justice and a a justice gospel and all these trendy words. And and maybe you don't even know those words and that's totally fine. But, but as a church, we've kind of, Oh man, if we're, we're liberal, if we're, uh, if we seek justice and we get in all these weird conversations and I want you to see, let's go back to the Bible. I know that was a lot of scripture all at once, but let's go back to the Bible and see just in the character of God and the heart of God, he is more concerned about justice than you are. He's more concerned about justice than people in our culture are. He's more concerned about justice than people on social media are. Come on. God is concerned about justice. And I want you to see that. I want you to see the cosmic justice that that God is after, the biblical justice that God is after. Next week, we're going to talk about our responsibility in that, to carry that out. But just for today, I want us to pursue the heart of a just God. So then we will pursue the justice of God in the earth.
See, here's what I know. As we talk about justice and as we think through things like racial oppression and racial inequality and sex trafficking and abortion and the poor and the widow and the orphan, and as we think through all these injustices, some of you are watching this and you're thinking, Tim, that's overwhelming. I mean, we're in a pandemic I mean, I'm just trying to stay inside my house and stay sane. I mean, I'm just trying to keep from getting sick. I mean, I'm just trying to keep my emotional and my mental health uh, reined in. And you want me to go out and, and proclaim this justice and pursue this justice in the world and with my neighbors. And God's got this heart of justice and I got to reflect that. Like, what does that even look like? And see, I feel that with you. As I prepared for this sermon, I felt that. But I just thought about it this way. Hey, let's just take this first sermon. I don't want you to do anything, but pursue the heart of a just God. Because here's what will happen. It's impossible to pursue the heart of a just God and then not figure out ways, make space for ways, have revitalized energy by the power of the Holy Spirit to pursue his justice in the world. That's impossible. I I was reading that um, Japan's theme parks right now that apparently are open, uh, that they're realizing that roller coasters and people screaming on roller coasters is a big way that they're spreading COVID in Japan right now. And what they asked them to do, this is a direct quote, they asked people on roller coasters in Japan to say, hey, protect us from COVID-19 and scream inside your heart. (laughs) Now, that doesn't really work, does it? Japan, that doesn't really work. That's not going to work. Why? Because when you feel terror on a roller coaster in your heart, when it's boiling down deep, when your stomach is turning, that comes out in expression. You yell, you voice that because you can't help it because it's in your heart. You see, listen, if we just this week, don't be overwhelmed. You don't have to solve all the problems of the world. Sex trafficking, racial injustice, poor, needy, homeless, all these things. You don't have, I'm just saying this week, don't be overwhelmed. Just do this. Let's do this together. Let's pursue with our hearts the heart of a just God. Just do that. Just do that. And then you will begin to take steps. And then we will begin to take steps to exercise justice with those around us. And we won't be asking so many questions of like, how do I do this? I got enough problems of my own. How do I have the time? I got kids. We won't ask those questions because we'll figure it out. We'll figure out the priority of justice as we seek the heart of a just God. We're going to take an opportunity to do that this coming Wednesday. We have an all-church Zoom. Uh, There should be a button below where you can sign up for that and and get information about that if you haven't already heard about it. We're going to bring all of our church together over Zoom, and we're going to have a night of prayer. And before that, on Wednesday, we ask you to fast as a way to pursue the heart of a just God, as a way to get in tune with the heart of God. That's all I'm asking you to do this week. That's one way to do it, to fast with us on Wednesday, to read the word of God, to saturate your mind with his words and his heart. And then that will lead us to justice and action. All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are a just God. God, I thank you that you are just with sin, that I know in a time like we are in, it is 
frustrated and look and see all the sin in the world in my life and be overwhelmed. And God, I thank you that just in the cross, we see your justice and mercy collide in a beautiful way for us and for others. And God, I pray for others who, who maybe think, well, I don't know how to pursue a just God because I don't know that God. God, I pray that this would be a moment where they put their trust in a just God a just God who is merciful, who gave his son to die for them, covered all their sin and didn't take out the punishment that they deserved on them, but rather put it on his son. God, I pray right now that there would be people across watching this, maybe not even in Phoenix, who put their trust in a just and merciful God and that together we would band together as believers and exercise justice as we pursue a just God. Help us. It's in the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.